This episode of Open Mind is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. There's nothing more frustrating than being in a wardrobe rut. So how about a quick style fix that doesn't break the bank? A few well-chosen pieces from Very, like an amazing pair of skinny jeans or fresh new trainers, are great ways to give your wardrobe an instant update and refresh what you've already got. It's time to live well, sleep well, eat well and spend well at very.co.uk. Hi and welcome back to Open Mind, the podcast. Um, this is really weird for me. <laughs> I've got my sister Tor in today. Hi Hello. Tor. Or Victoria Cook, no. as some might call. Tor. Or Dig, or... Princess. Princess, yeah. Um, many names for um, Tor. Yeah, it's weird being in this situation with you. It's so weird because you seem really professional. <laughs> I am a professional, Victoria. <laughs> Don't show me up in front of my friends. <laughs> um, no, it yeah, is weird. you were someone that a lot of people wanted to hear from. I think for two reasons, being that you've obviously been a part of my whole life um, through all of my ups and downs and through everything with my mental health and then also through your own and now opening up about your experiences with miscarriage yeah. and things. So I thought that we could have this awkward moment <laughs> and make it public. <laughs> Why not? Why not? So yeah. It seems to be a habit of ours at the moment. Yeah. I'm like, yes, because we did this morning together. That was so weird. Oh, that was I mean, it was really good. It was really good, but the nerves were horrific. Yeah, you were very good. I was fully expecting to have to be like, so Tor thinks um, <laughs> and Tor says, but you were fine. I mean, I was just there to, like, look pretty. <laughs> be the name <laughs> yeah. on the sofa. So, yeah, I think well, let's start at the beginning. Yes. I suppose, like, one of the biggest things, and I don't know if I've ever asked you this or not, but did you ever notice that I was an anxious child, like, back in the day? I mean... I wouldn't use the word anxious because I don't think I really even knew what that was, if I'm honest. Um, but I definitely knew that there were, you had your quirks. I don't know a better word to say it. Frankieism. <laughs> Frankieisms, that's a good one. I think, like, the things, like, I think you've probably talked about before, like the way you hide in your in your duvet um, cover, um, lights being on and things like that, I think. But... Oh, Yes and no. I wouldn't have known it was an anxiety or an anxious thing, but I think I definitely knew you were a lot quieter and shyer and thought more than I probably did. I just kind of got on with stuff and didn't really notice things, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You were definitely more of a, like, fuck it kind of person, and I definitely thought more deeply about everything in <laughs> life. Like, Still are. <laughs> yeah, like, if Tor got in trouble, I would cry. <laughs> That you were in trouble. Yeah, and you'd tell mum and dad and I'd just be like, ugh, I'm in trouble again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't tell her off, it's not nice. And Tor's like, it's fine, I don't care. They'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> and I'll do it again tomorrow Yeah, well. it's so weird. I know. Like how, it's just a prime example, I suppose, of how you can be brought up exactly the same in the same environment and just be completely different. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I think that is really, was really obvious from very early on as well. Did you find, like, I suppose our life changed quite a lot when I first got into S Club Juniors? Because how old were you? So I was 12. You'd have been, like, what? 15 and a half, 16, 15, 16. So you weren't at uni yet, were you? No. So you were still at home. Was that weird for you when I kind of, like, pretty much left home? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Or did you love it because you were, like, single child? Yeah, I think I definitely loved it a little <laughs> bit, I'm not going to lie. 
<laughs> I just used to get like spoiled, and Nan used to slip me extra money. She felt sorry for me. This still happens. <laughs> <laughs> just um, an FYI. <laughs> no, um, no, I think it was weird. But I think what's funny is because it was just the two of us, and it was our normal. It wasn't as weird as other people thought it was. So other people were like, "Do you think this is weird?" And I'd be like, "Well, yeah, but you were doing what you wanted to do." I was getting away with blue murder and doing everything at home. So it was a bit strange, but it wasn't, if that makes sense. Like, what was weirder for me is, I think, having a younger sister in the public eye and having somebody that, like, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, actually, but, like, walking into a room and people, like, not caring less who I am, but wanting to, like, know who you are, so people looking over my head. So I think from a young age, that was weird, because I was a bit like, oh, I'd normally just walk in a room and be like, hi, and people would say <laughs> hello back to me. But actually, they didn't really give a shit who I was. They just wanted to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Not general people, but, like, yeah, like, industry people at the time. But I think dealing with that was weird, but because of the way I am, I think if I was more like you, it would have been really hard. Mm. Because more I'm not like, oh, fuck them, they don't want to know who I am then. Mm. Fine. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mum and Dad won't be very proud of us for this side. <laughs> um, but you never wanted to be in my industry, did you? Because I think that was like always the biggest thing is everyone knows you say, is your sister really jealous? Like, does she want to do what you're doing? And I was like, mm, no. No, no. I, I'm definitely the loud one. Put me in a room of people and, well, back in the day I was definitely better. I'm probably a bit shy now, but put me in a room of people and I will chat to people. But if you put me on stage, like, ask my old dancing teacher. Awful. Absolutely awful. It wasn't your strongest point. It wasn't really. my strongest point. But I just, I couldn't, I wouldn't want to do what you did. It, it wasn't, I was never jealous of you. Um, and what I always say to people is, like, I was never, ever jealous and I got all the best bits of what you did anyway. Mm. Like, I got to go on tour and see what you did. I got to go backstage, see all those fun bits that people want to experience. I get the freebies. I get the clothes. Like, <laughs> I don't have to do anything. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so pleased that I've helped you with this life. <laughs> but you were always, like you say, like you were always the one that was quite easy going and laid back and wasn't really an anxious person. But there was, there was a point, I remember, when you were at uni where you did suddenly suffer from a panic attack, didn't you? And it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I was driving home from uni, actually, one day with my friend in the car and I pretty much had the worst panic attack and pretty much blacked out and she had to, like, steer me off the road. It was pretty scary. Um, and I think it was probably a whole mixture of, like, being away from home, you've never done that when you go to uni, drinking a hell load of alcohol constantly, probably really awful cheap alcohol as well, Um <laughs> Uh, I remember at the time, Mum being like, have you taken drugs? I was like, no, I actually haven't. Like, no way. I think it was a mixture of all those things, being overtired, not looking after yourself, probably not eating properly, probably not drinking enough water, um, all got on top of me. But then once you've had that panic attack, then obviously anyone that's had anxiety knows, then it, it just builds and it panic breeds panic. And then I didn't really know how to get rid of them. Doctors were like, oh, you'll be all right, just drive. Um but I was very good. I did just get back in my car and drive. But I used to have to do certain weird things. I like have the window open, always have snacks. I couldn't stop for a toilet break. I had to get to where I needed to get to. And that kind of got me over it. And I wouldn't even think about it like a few years after that. But yeah, it was a weird, weird time. I just remember being so shocked. I was like, hang on a minute. This is not, <laughs> this is not your job in this relationship. Like, I do the panicking and the worrying. <laughs> like, you're the laid back one. And it really threw me. I was like... This is so weird. Yeah. Just so out of the blue. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it stemmed from that. And there's probably been a few times since in, like, certain either relationships or, like, when I was living in London at one point, there was just a lot going on. And when it all builds up, I do get panic attacks. But I've, I'm very good at just learning that they're panic attacks and then moving on from them, which obviously I understand everyone can't do. It's not an easy thing to do. But I've learned, I learned over the years to be like, OK, I know that this feeling is this and I'm just going to put that aside and move on. Mm. Um, so actually nowadays they come very, very rarely, thankfully. But yeah, I think because I was always quite in control and quite laid back, it was a bit strange. Very strange. Yeah. Um, and then obviously fast forward to like, when I started getting really sick, was there a point before I ended up in hospital where you were more aware of, like, my anxiety and my depression? Or was it just a real shock to you when... Because I, I rang you from the hospital and told you yeah. that I was in hospital. In hospital. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think that was a time because when I was at uni, I think that was probably the time we spoke least. Because mm. obviously when we were a lot younger, we were a lot closer. Um, and when I went to uni, our lives were just so, so different. I was at university, like no money, doing that sort of thing. And you were in the Saturdays and doing that. So we, our lives were polar opposites at that time. So mm. I don't think we spoke as much as we did no. or do now, totally. So uh, I don't well, know. Well, I did used to come and visit you at uni and clean the house for you. <laughs> yeah, you did used to. Because <laughs> used I used to go around there and the kitchen was so disgusting <laughs> that I wouldn't even want to drink a glass of water. So I used to have to clean and tidy the house before... I was in it. I remember just sitting on the sofa and being like, oh, just so uncomfortable. Just don't even want to move because I do not know what's on here. But I was so living we, my best life. I yeah. It was great. So we did lead very different lives. Like, yeah. we did still hang out, but we hardly... I don't think we spoke properly, did we? And we no. were young, so I suppose. You yeah. Um, so, I don't know. If I'm totally honest, no, I think... No idea. Um, I didn't... No. I think <laughs> I was a bit probably also so self-absorbed in my own life at that time. Um in all honesty, um, because you are. Like, I was living in Brighton at that time. I was going out all the time. I was having, like, loads of fun. We didn't have... We didn't use mobile phones. Do, do we... We must have had mobile phones then. Yeah, we definitely Yeah, did. but we didn't use them like we do now, like WhatsApp and Instagram. Mm. We didn't have social media. We didn't have all of that. You had to, like, God forbid, call each call other. Call each other and answer <gasps> the phone. Yeah. I mean, you don't even do that now, so... No. Um, so I think we just... Yeah, I honestly do think I was quite surprised. I wasn't... I knew you were definitely anxious, but I, I didn't know you were as bad as you were, mm. 100%. I wouldn't, when I got that phone call, I was be like, holy shit. Um, and I remember my first instinct was like, okay, cool, I'm coming. And I think I just came and just hung out and got in bed with you, didn't I? Yeah, it's weird. because I you remember? I, no, I don't really <laughs> remember you at any point, which is weird. Because I, I think even in the book, like I say, you came with our friend Steve, didn't you? And I don't remember that you at all. Dinner. We sat down in one restaurant, got menus, got some water, and then you decided you didn't like the look of it, so we had to all get up and leave again. <laughs> I think Pizza Express became like my haven. Yeah, it did. Like my uh, Every time I drive past it, I think about you. I know. It's because I knew the menu. Yeah. It stressed me out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I think, and that was my... And then I remember my husband, now James, we were actually seeing each other back then, mm -hmm. a little break in the middle. But I remember you calling us and being like, I need my guitar, I need my guitar. And James was like... We've got to take a guitar on the train. I was like, <laughs> yes, she needs a guitar. We must take a guitar. <laughs> so we got the train. So important. <laughs> I needed to express my artistic uh, you did. abilities. Um, they're the main things I remember, but I do remember just being like, okay, right, well, if this is the case, then I've just got to be there. Um, but I was booked a trip to go to India with my friend Hannah. 
and we were leaving while you were in hospital and I was like, shall I go, shall I not go? And you were like, look, I'm going to be in here. There's mm. not much you can do. And actually, I just need to work on this myself. So I was like, okay, fine. I felt bad because I was like, do I leave my sister? But actually, you were just in hospital and Wayne was there. I don't even remember you being there. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm glad I didn't bloody stay. And <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and how long were you away for then? Was I out when you came back? I was away for two months because I came, yes, because I came back because you were doing your last uh, tour with the Saturdays mm. and you were like, oh, please come and hang out with me on the tour for a bit. So I came to the island leg of the uh, tour. Yeah. And then I was going to go off travelling again and then I didn't. So we just hung out and that was really nice. Mm. And then I got the job on the 2012 Olympics. So I stayed. Was it weird for you having a sister that was like in a psychiatric hospital and people kind of like talking about it? Or I suppose you went away, so. Yeah, but people still, I remember Skype. People Skyped me when I was away. Like we'd Skype date people, friends, and they'd be like, how do you feel? And I was like, well, she's in the best place. She's getting what she needs. So actually, I always think that that's probably the best place for you and that's the best thing to happen. And if the doctors thought that's that that's what you needed, then my attitude is very much like, oh, okay, well, she's there, let her get on with it and hopefully that'll, that'll help or that'll send her forward rather than her just trying to deal with it on her own. So, yeah, I guess it was weird, but <laughs> I just don't know if I ever was thought too hard about it if mm. I'm honest and how did you find like mum and dad around it all because obviously I rang you when you were with mum mm. that must have been Which a bit awkward. really awkward <laughs> you're like I don't want to tell mum and dad yet and I was like oh mum stood next to me <laughs> um obviously they were more devastated because it's like you're their little baby and they I suppose parents you you know you want to heal your children and help them and I think I always probably I do I don't know, other people probably feel like this a bit uncomfortable if their parents are upset or you're like, oh, God, hello, are you OK? Mm. Um, and I think I remember at the time being like, she'll be OK. Like, I am definitely the the little Miss Positive one. Like, don't worry, she's in a really good place. And they were like, but she's in the hospital. And I was like, does she get in help? So I think I always go into, like, positive overdrive if somebody else is worried or down or something. So I think I definitely was like that I don't really remember dad's reaction to it all I mean mum was just like devastated dad was probably just like all right you know what I do I'm a bit like him he was probably like (laughs) well in the good place still help her out there (laughs) I definitely get my attitude from dad (laughs) definitely you are a real mix I think now you're more of a mix now I think you are a little bit better because like so recently um if you do follow tour or you don't on Instagram (laughs) You've started doing more and more stuff online um, mm-hmm. since you've experienced miscarriage. Yes. And that's been a real shock for me and a big eye-opener because, A, like we've said before, you never really wanted to be in the public eye. or, no. But also because, although we're really close now and we do speak all the time, um, you're not as open as me. So I can kind of get some stuff out of you, but it's still quite hard work. (laughs) So for me, it was like quite nice when you started writing your blogs about um, like your first miscarriage Mm -hmm. and things. That was really nice for me to read because I was like, oh, now I know how she's feeling (laughs) because I had no blooming idea before that. Like what made you start that? I didn't do it because I wanted to be in the public eye. I did it because when I explained to people about my miscarriages the look of shock and horror on their faces was probably the most heartbreaking thing ever and people just did not understand and then I'd have to try and explain what had happened to me 
and then they still wouldn't understand. And then I just think I was a bit frustrated that it's such a common thing to happen and people have like keep it such a secret and it's such a hard thing to deal with. Actually, why shouldn't people talk about it more? So I think after that, was it after the third one I did, I wrote about it? Yeah. After the third one, I was like, look, they count three as bad and then that's when they start looking into it. Before that, they're like, unfortunately, it's quite common. It is what it is. Um, and I was like, I'm going to write this down and just put it out there. Like, I really didn't expect as many people to kind of grab hold of it and follow it. But I just thought if a few people read this and know that other people are going through it and what what they've gone through, then at least that's some more people that understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I'm not very good at talking to people one-on-one and opening up. I think that's definitely true. But I am very good at... I'm TMI at 100%. Like, if I am telling you something, I'm telling you the ins and outs of it. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so I thought, I'm not, I don't care about talking about this stuff online. It doesn't bother me being so open about like periods, it. Like periods and poo and farts. <laughs> that all happens, guys. Um, yeah, so I was like, I'm just going to talk about it. And actually, my husband isn't on social media or anything, and he hates social media. But he was like, I'm totally with you on this. I totally think you should put it out there because if people follow you and they they know that you're going through it and that other people are going through it, then I think it's a really good thing because he'd really picked up on that fact as well. Like, we hadn't had IVF up until, well, now we're going through that, but we hadn't had that. But because I'd had miscarriages and people just assume we'd had IVF and we're like, why would you assume that? We've only had miscarriages. It's like just weird stuff that people don't understand. And people know about IVF now, but there's so many other things around pregnancy and fertility. So, yeah, long story short, I just was like, I'm fed up of people looking at me like I'm some sort of weird gremlin. I want people to understand it more. And people want to understand it. They don't want to give you that funny face. They want to know, like you said, you wanted to know more about it, but you just people don't talk about it because the first 12 weeks of pregnancy, it's really careful, people don't talk about that. But then if you don't talk about it and then something bad happens, then you've kept all of that inside. And actually, if you said to someone, oh, yeah, I am pregnant, but it's really early, and then something goes wrong and you could be like, oh, awful you've got things happen. To to yeah, you've got some people to talk about it and then they understand more about it. So did you find it helped you as well? Like as much as it helped other people, did it help you to kind of get that chance to be really open about it? Oh, 100%, yeah, because people then sent me their stories. I get messages constantly now, like daily, which is mental, but it's wicked, of like their experiences or what their doctor said to them and it makes me feel not so like alone or me not feel like my body's like what what you'll find commonly with people miscarriage is like, oh, my body's given up on me, my body hates me, oh, it's not my husband's fault, it's all my fault. Like you're a failure. Yeah, like you're a failure, but it's not always just you, it can be the other half as well. So, yeah, definitely people sharing their stories with me. It's like my therapy, basically. Also, I suppose you don't know anything about it until it happens to you. No. So I suppose by sharing your story with other people and other people sharing with you, they might tell you something that you haven't thought to ask or yeah. vice versa. Oh, 100%. And I, I am not a question asker. I am a... T- no, <laughs> yes. I've been with Tor a few times to the fertility <laughs> clinic and I'm the one that asks all the questions. And when we went before, the woman was like, oh, are you going through IVF as well? And I was like, oh, no, no. I just i am asking all the questions because she does not. No, I think, one, if you've ever been through this, you will know that your people that have had a baby are like, oh, baby brain, where your brain is like mush. If you've been through this you seriously have that sort of brain. Like, I can't remember stuff. I, I don't know what's going on most of the time. Like, I go in and out of 
being kind of coherent, not coherent, but like sometimes I'm like, yes, I know exactly what I want to ask. And then other times my brain can't function. Do you at think all. that's because there's just so much information or do you think it's an emotional thing? Or I think it's a hormonal thing. The ugh, tiredness, hormones, the different drugs you take. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of all of it. But yeah, I'm not a question asker. So I would just, they'll tell me something and I'll go, yes, okay, I'll do that. Yes, okay, I'll do that. Well, you have this whole like, backpack full of drugs pretty much now don't you which to me just blows my mind it's like she's like a constant chemist <laughs> and I'm just like I don't know how you keep on top of that like I've had loads of vitamins to take before like okay I take my medication every day but that's like one thing I need to mm. remember all these vitamins I'm like it's overwhelming and I've just given up on them whereas obviously you can't give up on this this nope. is quite important yeah I just don't know how you do retain all that information and like Basically, you're like a little snail with your little <laughs> life on your back. I know, yeah. like, if anyone searched my backpack right now, I've got like syringes, drugs. Um, oh, do you know what? And I find this is such a funny thing is when people say this to me, like, I don't know how you do it or I don't know how you remember this. You have how to. can I not? Mm. How can I not remember what drugs I need to take? How can I not just power through? Because if I stop, then the whole process stops again and you've got to start from... A. So oh, you kind of have to get on with it. And I think that's the one thing I'd say is if you're going to start any fertility or you're trying and you know you've got something that when you get pregnant you need drugs for, you need to be prepared for that. So don't go into it half-minded. You need to be fully like, I'm ready. Invested. Yeah, 100% invested because like this Christmas they I was going to stay in, in, in England and start my fertility treatment, but I just, I could not handle that and I knew I couldn't handle it. So I did a nice Christmas, went back to Bermuda and spent January just preparing myself so that when I came back, I was fully ready and I'm totally ready now and I know that. So that's the one thing I'd say. Mm. But yeah, I'm basically like a snail drug <laughs> mule. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you find like people around you because I think it's really difficult for people to know what to say like I always say with like depression people don't know how to react and if they haven't been through it they don't really know what to say mm. how have you found people's reactions to it yeah I mean that's another reason why I talk about it openly on Instagram so that people can try and understand that a bit more I don't know anyone again anyone that's been through this there'll be a few statements that you're like God, when people say them, but like they don't understand, they don't know. So I think the like the oh, what's the face? I can't think of the word. The oh. the like I feel sorry for you. Yeah, the pity not, face. Yeah, the pity face. Like the oh yeah, the pity face is a hard one, and I know that it's so hard not to do because but it's so hard to control your face. I know it is, and mine is like, really expressive. It so. would also be worse if someone was just like grinning from <laughs> ear to ear, like. Oh, I really say I know. It's a hard one. No, it is a hard one. And I think oh, the I problem think for is... you as well, people say to you, well, at least you can get pregnant. Oh, don't say that. Which is quite annoying for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's really annoying because whether you get pregnant, but you lose them or you haven't got pregnant, you still haven't got what you've set out to get. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, there is some positives in the fact that you can get pregnant because it's sometimes easier to fix, to keep it once you're pregnant. But it's not always. And actually, mm. sometimes if you haven't got, people haven't got pregnant, they do IVF and then it's fine. I know it's not and there's loads of other things around it. But yeah, like things like that, just I can't think off the top of my head right mm -hmm. now. But it is hard and I think that it's like anything. It's like when someone dies or like, yeah, depression or something. You just have to try and think sensitively in how you would want to be spoken to. Um 
Like, yeah, this is one. Oh, it'll happen one day. Don't worry. Like, yeah, but I started trying two years ago and I kind of wanted it then. Like, so that doesn't make me feel any better. Mm-hmm. And that person definitely doesn't mean it in a bad way. But you've got to also remember the person you're speaking to is probably stupidly hormonal as well, which... Yeah, that does make everything a lot worse. Makes everything worse. Exactly. <laughs> I've, I've, I've experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, a few people have experienced my hormones. But you can't control hormones. You In your head, you're thinking... That's a fine comment. Like, that's totally rational. But you're like, your brain, everything else is being like, shut up and piss off. Like, mm. so, yeah, you just have to, I always say to people on Instagram, they're like, how do you deal with those comments from people? And I just say, just smile and understand that people they are, understand. they don't understand. And if you want to go home or you want to walk away and you want to have a cry about that, that's absolutely fine as well. Or you want to be pissed off about it, then fine. But then maybe try and think about how you can educate people around you by talking about it. Mm. Um, and because I'm not very good at talking one-to-one necessarily, that's why I put it out to the wider party. And if I put it on my Instagram now, I feel like I don't have to put it and talk to anyone about it. I'm like, you want to know? Look at my Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. This episode of Open Mind is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. Give your wardrobe an easy upgrade for less with all the on-budget basics you need from Very. Choose shapes that work with everything. Add a classic tee for casual layering with your favourite jeans and curl up on the sofa in a super snuggly hoodie. It's time to live well, sleep well, eat well and spend well at very.co.uk. How did I react to the situation? Was I badly or well? Um, I think maybe well. Yeah, really well. <laughs> I actually can't even remember, to be honest with you, because... I probably wasn't with you face-to-face. No, that? and like you, like, when you said, like, when you were in hospital, you don't really remember stuff. Like, when you're literally going through those miscarriages, you're just in this weird, horrible bubble, and I, mm. I can't really remember much, to be honest with you. I always... I know that from every miscarriage I've had... When I first find out, I, like, push everybody away. And I'm like, don't talk to me, don't ring me, don't message me. You didn't with... I don't think you did with your first. You did with the second. You kind of text us all and let us know and then was like, don't ring me. And everyone was like, oh, uh, so weird, <laughs> like, not being able to do anything. Yeah. I think but then also quite a relief because then I didn't have to think about what the what right or wrong thing yeah. was to say. I think the first one was a weird one, though, because so if you've ever seen my Instagram, we fell pregnant and then we pretty much miscarried, got told, yes, you've miscarried, come back in two weeks so we can check it's gone, got back in two weeks, and they were like, oh, no, we can see twins. And I was like, ta-da! <laughs> what? Um, and then went back two weeks later, having not had any bleeding, any cramps, and there was nothing there. So it was a bit of an up-and-down one, and because it was the first, and they're common, I was just a bit like... Still hopeful. Yeah, yeah, really hopeful. I think I was like, this is crap, but, look, it is what it is, and I was quite open. Then I think the second one, you're like oh, are you actually kidding me? Like, it's happened again. And then James and I have kind of got into the habit after the, those ones of being like, right, we just need to be just us two and we need to, like, just get our heads around this a little bit and figure out where we're at. And then I'm kind of like, OK, I can talk to you, I can tell you what's happened. But at the beginning, I can't take the questions. I'm like, I don't... I also can't take other people's emotions around it. So I have to just deal with our emotions first and then I can deal with other people's emotions. I mm. think that's probably why I do that. 
Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Do you feel like your hope has dwindled, you know, as you've gone on after the first, second, third, fourth? Yes. Somebody actually said to me who is going through fertility stuff, she said, I used to imagine myself with a baby and now I don't and I need to get that imagination back. And I was like, wow, that is strong. But actually, yeah, it's kind of true. Like you think you get married or whatever way you do it around, I don't judge, it's fine. Um, and then you get pregnant and you have your baby. And I think I always imagine that. I still imagine myself with a baby, but I struggle. Like I'm not, I try to be positive, but I don't let myself imagine myself with that baby too much because I'm on the defensive constantly, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You feel like you're always on the back foot. Yeah, always on the back foot. So I like I remember when, before I did this morning interview, I remember the researcher speaking to me and I was like, you have to be positive, you have to go forward and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people on Instagram say to me, you're so positive. And yeah, I am positive. I am quite a positive person. I try to be and have my down days. But... It does the more, like, and there's people that have done it a million times more than me, which I just don't know how people do so many. But you do start to be like, I just, is this going to happen? Um, but I, I still believe it will happen in any way, shape or form. Like We're quite open to all different ways of getting a baby. But, mm, yeah, it's not as, like, first, second, third, you're, like, really hopeful. Fourth, come on, seriously. Mm. Now I'm going into IVF and I'm like yay, maybe this will work. And everyone's like, oh, IVF worked for me. And I'm like, I don't need the IVF necessarily for the IVF. I need it for the control around my immune mm. system. Um, but yeah, definitely. And how do you find it? Because you do now live in Bermuda, as much <laughs> as I love or hate it. Um, she left me, basically. <laughs> now that you live in Bermuda, obviously James is still there, your husband, because he's yeah. working there. How do you find it? That must put like an extra... Because although, yes... It's happening to you. It's mm-hmm. happening to both of you. Yeah. But also you're having to both deal with it separately, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever. It's like make a bad situation worse. Send your husband away from you. Oh, I mean, I've been sent away from him. Yeah, it's horrible. It's really horrible because everyone's like, oh, but you're lucky you've got all your family and you and your sister are close. And I'm like, yeah, 100%. And it's definitely the best situation for us because at least I do have everyone around me um but not having that other person there is is awful and it's just kind of having he wouldn't be able to come to the clinic with me every day but he'd be half an hour an hour away from me every time so I could be able to go and see him meet for coffee for work and update him whereas now we're kind of different time zones having to FaceTime he'll be here probably once a month but it's not the same as being with each other and everyone knows that your other half is like the one person that you kind of need through bad stuff. Um, Mm. And for him, he's stuck there. He's like, obviously Bermuda's lovely, but he went to Bermuda with me. He doesn't want to be in Bermuda on his own. Um, Mm. And me being here and ringing him being like, this injection, it really hurts. Or like, this girl hasn't showed what I want it to show and he wants to be there. Um, And last time, actually, he was in Boston when I found out I'd had a miscarriage and that was awful because all he wanted to do was like hibernate and he was on a work conference Mm. so yeah it's awful I wouldn't recommend it obviously we can't help it and a lot of people will probably be in the same situation but having him here would make it easier and I know that he would much rather be with me than be stuck there on his own yeah I feel like the last one really hit James quite hard didn't it um yeah I just I always try and make the effort to make sure that he knows that I'm thinking of him as well. And he really appreciates that. He always says to me, he's like, Frankie always sends me a message or she'll always call me <laughs> and check it. And I think that's I so James. nice. Yeah. His name's James for the boys 
call him Jims. Well, they called him Jims yeah, when they were like, younger, and now ago. they say James really properly, but we've all <laughs> stuck with Jims. Yeah, he's stuck with it. Yeah, right? even his parents call him Jims now. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> the weird thing as well for, like, me is I know more about James's sperm than, like... <laughs> Anyone else is on the planet. <laughs> and I love that, though. Like. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I do, because he, because he's not on social media, I thought he'd really bulk at all of this. Um, and I thought even, like, talking to his mates about it, he wouldn't be as open. But genuinely, he has surprised me, and I love it, because he will be like, oh, I'm not drinking at the minute. People are like, oh, why do I genuinely? He's like, no, nah, got juice in a cup from IVF. <laughs> Like, so open about it. And I think that's so good. It's actually, because James is quite, he's not like that really in general, is he? Um, He's not a laddie lad like that. No, but he also, I wouldn't say he's necessarily like, comes across as like an emotional person. No. Like, but I have found through this, I don't know if he's like it with everyone, but I find he talks really openly to me. Like when I see him, he'll be like, yeah, this, that, the other. And he'll tell me all the ins and outs of how he's feeling and how he's doing. And I'm like... Oh, okay. Like, I love it, but I just didn't really expect it from James. No, and I must admit, I didn't, because when we first got back together, he was really closed, and I remember having this, like, one of those chats where I was like, look, are you in this relationship or not? Because you're being really close, and he was like, oh, I'm not very good at talking to people. And we had this massive conversation about it, and I was like, right, you need to go away and think about this and come back to me when you've decided. Um, Obviously, a day later, he comes straight back. Of course he did, running. Princess, please. Um, But I think because I'm so open and I do really talk with him, he's probably got feels comfortable and now he's I think it's so nice that he just does openly talk about it and he really thinks about it like he had his sperm tested which you have to do if you're doing fertility stuff and it came back and his sperm was absolutely fine and he was like oh I don't want to talk about my sperm being really good because if other people haven't got great sperm I just I don't want to look like I'm bragging or like but he wasn't doing it in a dicky way he was doing it in a like I want to talk about this stuff but I don't want to Make it look like I'm bragging. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's it's one or two I of I feel you. like a lot of men would love to brag about this. Yeah, thing. exactly. They probably would. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't want to do that. So, oh, I love it that he talks about it. Do you feel like the whole process has changed you, like, as a couple and, like, you personally, mm. taught you to be a bit more open? Oh, I don't know. Not really. I think James and I are really, really close and... Unfortunately, some couples get pushed apart by this and we really haven't. Like, we are super, super tight. But we have always been that tight. We're really, like, open with each other. Um, We've always spoken, like, a million times a day. That's just kind of how we are and we've stayed like that. Um, I think, like, me talking about it on social media, yeah, I never wanted to be in the public eye in the sense that you are. Don't put me on stage. It's not going to happen. But in the sense of making people more aware about your bodies and about the reality of, like, life, I'm totally open to because I'm more than happy to talk about it till the cows come home because if it makes some other people feel better about their experiences, then I'd happily do that. I'd happily help other people in that sense. I'm not doing it to, like, be on social media, if that makes sense. So what would your, like, tips for be for, like, someone else that's going through it to kind of keep themselves going and keep their mental health good I think one is understanding that it's you're going to have ups and downs and when you have your downs it's totally fine lock yourself away put Netflix on cry eat what you want to eat that is absolutely fine but try and 
give yourself like a couple of days and then find something to do and get out the house. Even if it is, I've got to post that letter. I'm going to go grab a takeaway coffee. I'm not even going to sit and get yourself moving again because you're going to have ups and downs and just don't let those downs overtake you. And I know that's easier said than done, but don't push yourself too hard. Try and just do little things to get you out. Another one I always say to people is like, Obviously, when you're getting pregnant, you're at an age where everybody else around you is getting pregnant. Mm. Um, And like loads of people are like, how do you manage that? And my tip for that is smile, do the pleasantries and then remove yourself if you can't handle it. And then again, go home, cry, swear, be pissed off. You can do those things and it's totally natural to feel jealous of those people because they've got what you are trying to get. But like, it's not their fault, like smile be happy for them and you probably like most people are genuinely happy for them it's just hurting them inside so just smile and then walk away or if you really feel like you can't do that just don't go into that situation like baby showers I I had this weird thing so over the last since my last miscarriage I can't deal with pregnant people babies I'm kind of all right with it's weird but pregnant people no and actually I put it on Instagram and a lot of my friends in Bermuda that were pregnant were like just sort of checked in with me occasionally but never pushed me to see them, were, like, totally understanding of that. But they weren't offended by it either. And so I think just manage yourself. Don't worry about other people. Like, don't be mean to people and, like, it's not their fault, but try and manage manage yourself. So if, if there's a baby shower and you genuinely can't face going to that baby shower, just say, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm really, really sorry, I can't make it. Don't make up a big lie. They will understand why you aren't going to that baby shower if they know about your miscarriages. And if they don't, then you're just busy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So don't overthink things is probably, that was a long-winded way of saying that. Mm. Like, But be, it's okay to be jealous of people. It's okay to, like, hate on someone for a, a little while because they've got what you want. I do certain things that Frank is noted sometimes. She's like, oh, I'm going out with this friend and that friend and we're doing this while I'm staying with her. And I'm like, I think I'm going to remove myself from that situation just because I'm tired and you'll probably talk about the kids, which is totally natural and fine, but... I just don't really want to be in that right now. And that's that's okay. And how would you deal with, like, a family member or a friend that's going through mental health problems? Oh, well, how did I deal with you? I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, I think is give them space and just kind of check in. So what I normally do is if I feel like you're def- like you're going through a bad place is I don't bombard you with messages. I'll just be like hey or I'll do a little FaceTime be like what's going on and I'll not necessarily talk about the fact that I've picked up on that you're going bad but just chat chat a name rubbish basically yeah you do just chat at me yeah. a lot of the time <laughs> I don't even have to respond sometimes exactly. <laughs> but you probably don't want to respond but at least you're no. like you know that that's my way um so I yeah I think just don't don't be too full on with people just kind of Almost let them know you're there in the way that they can know you're there, but not be too full on. And if they want you to be a bit closer, then offer, say, do you want a cup of coffee? If they say no, fine, just check in again. Hmm. Um, I think, I feel like you've said that as well before, like your really close friends, like your group of really close friends, they do that a lot to you. They know and they, they won't leave you alone because they don't want to fully leave you alone, but they won't bombard you either. I think yeah. that's probably the best way to do it. Okay. Well, thanks, Tor. Thanks, Frank. Has this been as awkward as you once thought? I think the beginning was pretty awkward, I'm not going to lie. 
<laughs> but I've chilled into it a little bit more. <laughs> it's so weird. I still feel a bit weird about it. But that's not great. We I haven't been able to make eye contact properly through some of this. No, and also, like, just rarely mix work and family. Just yeah. so odd. So weird. But, yeah, but thanks for coming on. Thanks for um, having me. Victoria, I send you off on your journey. Um, <laughs> um, I'll probably be at the clinic with you again next week. <laughs> yeah. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. So. Yeah. Joy. See you there. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of Open Mind, the podcast, was sponsored by very.co.uk.